You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. They delivered on the foot stuff. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. And a base hit to left. <laughs> Arise has his third hit. Rounding third. Heading home is Polanco. Deep to the right field corner. Back and gone. Luis Arise with a two-run home run. And the Twins jump out in front, two to nothing. There was a lot more where that came from, 13 to 6 before all was said and done. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami, without Mackie, with Danny. Hello. Excuse me, say it again. Jonathan Harrison on the other side of the glass. It's Who's on the show? Mackie and Judd with Rami without Mackie with Danny. With What's Declan up? sitting here. With Declan just hanging out. Okay. Just hanging out. <laughs> it's a Friday. Just hanging out, bro. It's Friday. You ain't got nothing to do. All the people in the office are in this room. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, this place is a ghost town, man. I saw oh, a yeah, tumbleweed go like through 3 the office. p.m. on Fridays. It's so dead in here. You guys were watching The Departed. <laughs> With no fear of like repercussions or anybody overhearing Wait, it. The yeah. unedited version or yes. the yeah. unedited version. Unedited I was watching, you can't Where is that at? On, on my phone. Oh, okay. On YouTube. I thought you guys <laughs> had it on TV. I oh, wish on we did. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But I could hear it like as soon as I entered the, uh, what do we call this? A compound? The Score North compound? The, the wing? The compound the, makes it sound the, rather cultish. The, yeah, this is an Area 51, man. The, the wing that we occupy? I don't know what to call it. Uh, our area, our area, our, our office. Our I could hear it as soon as I walked okay. in. Here's the here is the the Zolged rules here. Yes, if it's The Departed, mm-hmm. Goodfellas, uh-huh. about five films, and you don't like it for any reason, you're wrong. <laughs> Too bad. This is a you problem. <laughs> like if there's an inappropriate film being viewed, I totally get that. I'm offended, right? Right. And I get sent to HR. But if it's The Departed. Can't be like, oh, this is offensive. And there's nobody here. Well, but if there was, sit down and watch and learn. <laughs> Educate yourself. Yeah, son. exactly. This is not an offensive film. Okay, yeah. this is a classic. This the other, but the other problem with it is we were, we have all been walking around talking in a Boston accent, saying Ugh. lines from The Departed that you can't say on the radio, and now we can't do that anymore for the next well, two hours. And we got the like? dump buttons right in I front of it. you. I see I'll it. have oh, the dump. No, you right got the here. dump button. This is on Jonathan Harrison. What makes you think I won't be the one doing it. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Judd, then it's right in front of you, too. We might have oh, a- no, I'm counting on you, John. Uh, well, we- then you're mistaken. We might have an FCC find of a whole nother kind coming our way. We'll talk about that at 420. And now it's time for the new show on Satellite Radio. Matthew Collar. We'll talk with him about preseason game number two for your Vikings at 440 at 5 o'clock. We will uh, write things down and review things that we have written down in the past in a aptly named segment called Write that down. That's coming up. And we do have the the update from Phil. Did I see that correctly? I have uh, results. Okay, cool. I do have results. Nice. Uh, You heard the the highlight there. Our guy Luis Arise with the the home run to open things up in the second inning. They had a 5-0 lead after the second inning and went on to a 13-6 win. And 
guys watching that game last night, or as much of it as I stayed awake for, because I was watching it DVR late at night, long story. But regardless, I get the feeling like that's how they're going to have to win the rest of this season. like the, 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 Because we can't really count on starting pitching. You cannot count on the bullpen. It's better than it was a couple weeks ago, but it's still a Major League Baseball bullpen, and there's about two of those that are good right now. You can't count on the defense being clean and tight. Yeah. The one thing you can count on is the offense. So the question that I have for you, Judd, you, Danny, and you at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North, can they slug their way to a, to an AL Central Championship? To the division championship? Yes. Yes, I think they can. Just slugging their way through. To a division championship, I think the answer, and there's still six games left against Cleveland, so it's not like I'm extremely confident here. I think it'll happen for sure. But can they? Absolutely. Can but the they? way we were talking earlier on the Twins show, yep. I didn't jump on this bandwagon, but you guys are making it sound like after the trade at the deadline, that Indians team is a better baseball team than the Twins. Right, right, but to... But if then you take that question and extrapolate it to can they make a deep playoff run that way, I think the answer is absolutely no. I think the Indians are a better baseball team than the Twins. The Twins have the advantage of a schedule, and if they can beat the Indians head-to-head, they're but going if, to win the division. If it's going to come they down... They can slug their way to a title. I'm not confident that they will, but they can. But can they slug their way to a championship? No. In my opinion, no. No, I don't think so. So it ends. it ends in October... But if you're but if you're saying right now at the at the end of the season, the last day, can they be on top of the standings constructed that they the way they are currently? I think the answer is yes. I'm not super confident, but I certainly wouldn't say, oh, no way. They certainly can. I'm confident that they can win this division. I'm not confident that they will, but I'm confident that they can without, by slugging without their way. getting any improvement from the bullpen, the starting pitching, or the defense. They certainly can. If they I just don't... keep winning games like they did last night, can they keep on doing that? I mean, I don't the like the 40? chances, but but I wouldn't dismiss it. It's not a it's not a no no chance. And the, the Indians are winning this division for sure. Like that's not what it is. And the bullpen did get some help here. Mm-hmm. Now, if Dyson completely comes unglued. And Romo does as well, which he has only once. And besides that, he's looked very good. Then, yes, if everybody just absolutely is terrible, it's a huge long shot. But I think bullpen constructed currently, offense is going to score. A lot of games against teams that you can definitely uh, batter their pitching. I think their chances are decent there. But do, do I believe what I thought might be the case in early July, which is if you make the right trades, this is a World Series-type team. Mm-hmm. Now I don't. I mean, the right, so path, I can't go that far. the right path could present itself in terms of matchups come October. Certainly. Anything can happen. I don't deem it to be anywhere near likely. The, I think that the, the Twins probably have the fourth greatest chance in the AL to win in the World Series. I think that the Astros obviously have a higher chance to win the World Series. I think the Yankees probably do, and I think the Indians do as well. What's the right path? Like what would be the I think the, the Indians, luckiest thing? I think that you guys happen. are right. I I think the I think for the regular season the Twins are probably a better baseball team than the Indians. I don't know if this is going to make any sense, but I think the Indians are better constructed for October and playoff baseball simply because of the bullpen has a much bigger impact in the postseason I get your point. than it and does in the regular do season. Right. I mean, you're, if your starters can get you six innings in the playoffs, that's a big win. So There's no one on the Twins I trust to do that. To me, the two teams you want to avoid in October is Houston and Cleveland. I think they're the best constructed teams for October because pitching plays that much more important a role. If if somehow, some way, 
you can avoid those two teams. And I wouldn't even count them out against those two teams, but they're probably the underdog. But if somehow, some way, you can avoid those two teams in the playoffs, if you get, say, Tampa Bay or uh, or Oakland, and then and then the Yankees in the second round. Tampa Bay would definitely, I think, definitely be a good matchup for the Twins. Or the Yankees. I think you could win a series against the Yankees. You don't think Tampa Bay's pitching would give the Twins fits? Because the... The Rays have one of the best they've pitching hit, staffs in baseball. They don't the hit the really ball well. really. They don't hit the ball that well, and I don't know how much you can take away from all of these regular season matches. Oakland scares me more, but I could see that the Yankees one. I don't know because the pitching on both sides is so bad. Yeah, that's why I, I and think the bullpens that, aren't great. I'm with Rami where I think that Houston and Cleveland would both be favored over them in a series. Yes. I think New York probably would be favored, but I wouldn't be super confident in them as a favorite. But I think if you just look at a Vegas betting line, and this is also going to include New York likely having home field advantage in that series. They've got the best record in baseball. I don't see the Twins catching them. And that goes into it. I think that the the Twins of the four teams right now that look like locks to make the playoffs between Houston, New York, Cleveland, and Minnesota, Minnesota is not going to be a favorite against any of them. If I gambled right now and you came to me with the Yankees-Twins playoff series, I think I would walk away. That's fair. And not place a bet on it. Because I just don't have a feeling. Yeah, I think that's a a coin flip. I mean, the, the last three game series those two teams had was a coin flip. The difference was a miracle catch. In game two, uh, to Byron end the Buxton game. makes that catch standing up, and we're all like, "That was a sort of a nice catch." But you know what I mean? No, like, right. it, it took I, it yeah, took it a remarkable play for them to win that game. Yep. Both teams just answered every shot that the other team delivered yep. for ten innings. The the problem though is that neither team was firing strong enough shots from the pitching mound. Right. That that's that's the reason. But they that were it was. they were that close the last time they saw each other, and the Twins actually did something at the trade deadline to improve their pitching, where the Yankees didn't do anything. So maybe they made up whatever that hair of a difference was between the two teams the last time that we saw them. Not to say that one three-game series is a perfect measuring stick of two teams playing against each other, but I'm just saying it was those, pretty instructive. they're evenly matched teams. It'll also be really interesting to see how healthy New York is entering the playoffs because they've been bitten by the injury bug almost as bad as anybody. Constantly, too. Yeah. Yeah. And their lineup for what they're doing offensively is more impressive to me than what the Twins have been doing offensively because the Yankees are trying. I mean, Giovanni Urshela is hitting fourth for them. Giovanni Urshela got cut by the Indians because he couldn't hit. And that's their four-hitter on the best offense in baseball. The team that scored the most runs in, in the league has that guy hitting fourth right now. That's unbelievable. If they can get some sort of health before the playoffs, they become much more dangerous than the current product that the Yankees are yeah, putting out there. obviously. Stanton is still out, correct? Yeah. Judge is back. Has been Judge back. is playing, yeah. Stanton's out. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. Because the, the pitching on both sides for those teams is so weak. But the thing with Cleveland is the way that that staff is now constructed. And I keep saying this, but it's true. Kluber's coming back still too. Mm-hmm. If Kluber comes back and is what, take, take your Corey pick, Kluber, 75% of Corey Kluber. He wasn't correct me if I'm wrong. I might be misremembering. He wasn't that good before he went no, out. He, the was, aisle, he right? was not great. I think he was battling some other injury things too, before the, the ball broke his arm. But right, he he pitched well at times, or other times he wasn't. A ball breaking well. your arm will slow you down as a major league quite pitcher. Quite a bit, yeah. yeah, yeah. Getting and That'll they've had it. some really bad luck with line drives coming back and hitting pitchers. Like it's been fairly remarkable. Back to Herb score, hurt. In yeah, that, in 1958. Well, if you think back to 2016, Carlos Carrasco broke a finger, got hit by a line yeah. drive late in the season, and your, your wasn't club, available. Your, yeah, they've your, had bad your luck. Your poor club is cursed, Danny. Uh, yes, they are. Another thing we were talking about on the Score North first place Twins show today, if you want to go back and listen to that, the Score North mobile app is really, really good for that. You can listen to any of the fine oh, programs we provide. Hold on a second, though. We provide. I got one question yes. about that. Yes, Judd? 
If I want to do that later today, what do yes. I have to pay? Because I'm tired of paying for things. Nothing. It's free, <sighs> Judd. All you have to pay for is drinks later. Totally free. And we still haven't put Danny Cunningham behind a paywall. We're working on it. Yet. Can we put him behind a wall? <laughs> It doesn't have to be paid. I've asked that before. Can you just work behind a wall? <laughs> I can leave. No, it's your birthday. Happy exactly. birthday. Happy I'm birthday, Danny. Kidding you. Hey, it's Danny's birthday, everybody. Yeah. Call up 651 646. But like I was saying, if you missed that show, go back and listen to it on the Score North mobile app. We talked about moving Luis Arise up in the order, maybe one or two, and lineup is out, and there he is, number two. And playing left field for your Minnesota Twins. Go through the, the entire thing for tonight's game against Texas because it's very interesting. Mitch Garver at catcher and leading off. That's cool. Arise in left field and batting second. Jorge Polanco DHing again, trying to get him off his legs. Uh, Miguel Sano is at third base and cleaning up. Max Kepler in center field, batting fifth. CJ Crone, first base, batting sixth. Marwin in right field, batting seventh. Uh, batting eighth, the second baseman, Jonathan Scope. Adri- Adrianza uh, at shortstop and batting ninth. And Odorizzi on the mound. I find this to be intriguing. I understand what they're doing with trying to put more right-handed hitters in the lineup with Mike Miner on the mound and getting like Eddie Rosario a night off, and that's why you see a rise in left field who just hits everybody. But Polanco needs a day, man. Well, why don't you? Yeah, I, I was just gonna say I just don't I don't understand the what appears to be complete and utter resistance to just telling Polanco sit down for a day, and, and then I and think then it's because you're next so week sit him. Short, you're so short-handed everywhere else. I you're guess. already with that. Why, why, why not have Rosario DH? Why not have a rise DH? Because if you're not even having Polanco in the field, what's the point of have, having him in the lineup right now when he's not hitting well either? Because it's probably the best option you have at this point. I think Rosario is a better option at DH. If you want to get him a night off and, just and then let put him who hit, in the outfield, a rise. That's where he is already. You could flip, well, you can flip Rosario's flops, not in the lineup. You could literally just take out you know the, the problem and put is, Rosario I in. Yeah. I bet you that that's because it's, it's a left-handed pitcher. I was going to say, and I they bet don't you... want him to face Mike Miner, which I get. Yep. But I think that maybe sacrificing one night of bad Rosario at bats because of a tough lefty, or maybe it's two at bats. I don't know how long Mike Miner is going to last in the game to get Polanco a much-needed total day off would be worth it. Have you guys seen Mike Miner's stats lately? Yeah, he's really good. He's get well. First of all, eleven and six wins don't matter. Two nine zero ERA that matters. He's pitched a he's pitched sixteen consecutive scoreless innings and won his last three starts since the trade deadline. They try to get too much from mm-hmm. just like everybody else, right? That's the common thing. Everybody says they try to get too much. They try to get you know they ask us for our top prospect, then our top two prospects. Could you imagine adding him to the Twins rotation? No, I can't now. <laughs> Pointless. Because I can't imagine adding anybody to the would rotation because I didn't do it, Danny. That's not going to do us any good at this point, Danny. Would have been a good pickup. The days of imagining that are over. Would have been a good pickup. That Just was had two to give weeks up a top ago. prospect, okay. but you were scared. This is... We don't know. I'll keep on coming back to that. Terrified. We don't know. I don't think they liked Stroman. I think he was out there, for sure. Um, Stroman, obviously, I don't was out they, there. He got traded. Right, but I don't think they liked him as a person and didn't right. want him as a person. But then then the question becomes, okay, I get if a guy's a bad guy and he's not a great pitcher, but if he is an effective pitcher, there's a lot at work here. I'm Somebody's going to get the story, the complete story, it'll probably be six months from now or so, about this deadline and what exactly transpired baseball-wide, because it's going to be intriguing. There's, I think there's things at play here that, that we know a little bit about, but we really don't know the full story. And, and I'm not just talking twins. 
I'm talking about when you look at the amount of contending teams that did nothing. How far would you like? How far would you have gone? In other words, what would you criticize? Like, let's say you're right. We get the full story of what they offered or what teams wanted or demanded at the trade deadline. How far would you have gone for a Cindergard or a Bumgarner? I would have traded it. I I would have gone to San Francisco in June when, when they were a complete dumpster fire and offered a top five pro, uh, one top five prospect for Mad Bum and Will Smith. A top five prospect and another. What if they wanted two top five and prospects? another five through ten? And I, I would have flat out told them this is the best you're possibly going to do. I'll take the rentals because they're rentals. Right. That's the difference right. there. And then I would have gone to Mad Bum's people and said, "What's it going to take? Three years. I want to do a deal here. He's going to love it here. Mad Bum would have loved it here. Completely great. Middle of He's the a country. Hunter. He's a hunter. He can ride his horses. He, there's, there's there's two newspapers and the athletic. But I mean, there's not day to day cowboy. Exactly. You don't have to go on any godforsaken radio stations and talk to morons like us. Right. Like and you might. But I but I would have gone one. He's welcome to one top five prospect. One six, five, five through one, ten. Six four six. So you but. That but means you would I give up, up a two lot. top five prospects. Uh, two top, two in my top ten. One in my top five, one in five through, or six through ten, I should say. I would have done the same thing. I would have gone to San Francisco. I would have said Royce Lewis, Alex Kirilov, Gradrol. No. Oh, you're pick sure? one. Okay. Pick one. Pick Lewis, Put him on the table. Kirilov, Gradrol. Pick one. They pick one. Then five through ten, pick one of those guys, and I get Bumgarner, I get Wilson. So let's say we find out, we get the full story in three, four months, and... We find out the Mets were asking for two top five prospects, or the Giants were asking for two top five prospects for Bumgarner or or Syndergaard. Would you say, well, I wouldn't have paid that either. They're off the hook. No I'm not criti- going to no, say they're off the no hook. No criticism from this guy. I'm not going to say they're off the hook because maybe you couldn't have gotten Bumgarner for that, but that deal would have worked for Mike Miner. It would have worked for someone else. And if you're already willing to give up that for a rental, you're certainly going to be willing to give up that for someone with a little bit more control. That might be just a shade under what Madison Bumgarner has been this year. I don't think when, when it comes to uh, the Stroman talks, I think that they honestly didn't like him as a human being. Yeah. And that's why they didn't get him, which if he's not that good, I'm totally with Lance Lynn, right? Miserable guy. Miserable guy. I completely get that. But you're up against it mm-hmm. like they are. And you've got this team. And you're drawing, you're drawing the line at, I don't really like this guy. If he can help me, you got to look through that a little bit. Do you think the Cubs liked Araldus Chapman as a person, especially with the things off the field right. that were, no. that were behind him and in 2016 when they traded for him? I'm willing to bet that Theo Epstein wasn't exactly a, a fond of Araldus Chapman, the guy. Was he a good enough pitcher to make it worth it? Absolutely. Yeah. That's what they were fond of him as a pitcher, and that's why they made the trade. The Bumgarner thing that drives me crazy, though. I do think, though, they would have. Sorry. Sure. Just to close up that point about Chapman, I think they would have tried to lock him up long term if he didn't have that stuff in his past. I think they, that's were, fair. they were willing to, to put up with that, that bad look for a few months and win a World Series. I don't think they would have done it for much longer than that. But, but did, that's, did, that's a far worse look than anything Marcus Stroman had. Right, sure. But they also then, with him being a rental in that case, had the luxury of basically killing him, arm-wise. Yeah. Like, they were throwing, like, what Madden did to Chapman was as irresponsible as it possibly well, I mean, gets. He ran but, out of gas. But good for him. Yeah. You don't care. You do. the, the, the mad bump thing that drives me nuts is this whole thing of the Twins weren't going to trade for rentals because the Twins aren't going to do that because he doesn't have to be a rental. Like, that's a ridiculous notion. So why not trade for a rental? Well, but but let's just say you don't want that. Okay, I completely get that. You don't like a rental. Then d- sign him to a long-term contract. Sign him mm-hmm. to a three-year contract. 
Madison Bumgarner is not going to get to Minneapolis-St. Paul and be like, well, look at all this hunting around here. Hmm, I don't like that. I don't really enjoy everything around here I, I like. So you know what? I'm going to sign with the Yankees. He's not going to the Yankees. He, you know, so he might ask Rocco Baldelli if he can throw it, guys, if they pimp home runs on him. Well, there's no ocean to hit it into here. That's true. No, yeah. no. Here's the thing with Rocco. You never ask permission. <laughs> Rocco's big on you do what you want. You do you. So you know what? That's if I want to if I want to throw a pill at a guy's head, guess what? I'm going to do it. I'm not going to ask. Hey guys, we made it through the whole segment without saying any departed lines that would get us thrown off the air. We might have other problems with the FCC, though. We'll talk about that right after this. Mackie and Judd with Rami <laughs> on 1500scorenorth.com at the Score North mobile app. Hey, everyone. It's Phil Mackey here for Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Toyota's national clearance event is going on right now, and my friends in that showroom area have some great deals on Highlanders, Tundras, Corollas, and America's number one SUV, the RAV4. Right now, you can get 0% financing for 60 months or a $2,500 rebate on 2019 Highlanders, or 0% financing 60 months and a $3,000 rebate on the 19 Tundra, or how about this, $219 a month on a lease with that 2019 RAV4. Or if you want to go even lower, how about $189 a month on a lease for a 2020 Corolla? See dealer for details. Lots of other great specials on all your favorite Toyotas. Stop over tonight, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. You can save big, and you can meet the people that have been helping my family for 30-plus years. The website is Training. Join Dan Terrar and myself tomorrow night for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United and Orlando City. Pre-game at 6.30 p.m. with kickoff at 7 right here on Score North on AM 1500scorenorth.com and the free Score North mobile app. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Score North mobile app without Mackie with Danny today. Hello. Mackie's back on Monday. Jonathan Harrison, other side of the glass. Uh, the FCC is handing out fines, you guys, for something that we may or may not be guilty of and may or may not be outing ourselves out for right now. Right? <laughs> that thing right there. Because the Federal Communications Commission has fined ABC and a handful of cable networks a total of more than $600,000 for falsely using the emergency alert tones on the air. The Commission's Office Enforcement Bureau Uh-oh. announced on Thursday. But this is really, really stupid. And Jonathan, feel free to drop that in wherever you want. Do you have the one from yesterday? There was one yesterday. There was Judd's noise yesterday. I'm getting oh, the Judd alert. Oh, okay. Oh, right. All right. Um, Just don't use the real thing, and we'll be fine. This is really, really stupid. ABC will pay the biggest penalty, owing the commission three hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. What? For using the sound in a segment from an October episode of the late night talk show. In the segment, Kimmel aired a fake movie trailer mocking the president's idea for a wireless alert system. So he was doing a pre recorded comedy sketch mocking the president's emergency alert system. Okay. And played the emergency alert system in the sketch. Okay. AMC, something similar, they will pay a $104,000 penalty. Oh, that's nothing. For the use of the emergency alert system in an episode of the zombie apocalypse drama, uh, The Walking Dead, while Discovery will pay $68,000. This is the stupidest of them all. $68,000? Why bother? For accidentally capturing a real WEA tone while filming the Animal Planet documentary show. They were filming a documentary 
and EAS went off in the documentary. They picked off the they picked up the sound, which sounds a little bit like this. Yeah, and are being fined for it. You can't you can't find people for this, can you? Well, this sure, seems ridiculous. I mean, they did. Sure, you can, but why would you find anybody? In that realm of life, $68,000. I mean, that's like saying, can I have $5? (laughs) That's That's nothing to them. No, right. But, but, I mean, it's just stupid. Why bother? I'm not allowed to portray a fictionalized emergency alert system without getting fined? And you play the real one, right? And does this justify? If we play the real one, then we're in trouble. I think our Rami trade alert system is okay. Are we okay with this? Yeah, because it doesn't sound... Like I think it's pretty one. accurate. It's, it sounds like a dog. I think it's pretty accurate, yeah, to be quite honest close, with you. I think I nailed it. Can we talk about the alert system? It's just, <laughs> it's so outdated. But I don't understand it. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, and why do you, again, I pay a large cable bill. Mm-hmm. I don't do it to be alerted that the world, if the world's going to come to an end, I'm going to find out. I don't need it to be through my cable system. Yeah, it's going to come through my phone at this point. Yeah, or, the or phone's going to happen much quicker than than some producer behind a board hitting the trail or the the alert system triggering it. Like the phone alerts are scary too. Oh, it's terrifying. Like some of like the uh, the Amber my, alerts that, turned... that come to my phone once in a while. <laughs> those things scare the crap out of me. I I turned mine off uh, months ago or years ago. I was taking a nap one day. Oh goodness! Oh man! And, and the phone and my that, is not what that you would are give me a heart attack. And my phone was on my chest, and it started going oh crazy. God. How do you fall asleep with your phone on your chest? Laying down on the oh, couch, phone yeah, on the chest. Anyway, it, it was an Amber Alert, and I'm yeah. like, I got to disable this. I can't. I for one, I don't have kids, and two, I can't do this. <laughs> the worst one was <laughs> I, don't I don't have kids, like, so I know it won't be my kids that are missing. Well, yeah. yeah. You heard it right, folks. Sports dad, sports dad doesn't care. Well, sports dad cares about your sports, but he's not a sports dad doesn't care. But no, seriously, I went through the entire thing and turned the the Amber Alert system off because it it scared me so much. The worst one was. Do you guys remember? And this was what Jimmy Kimmel got fined for the presidential alert system where Donald Trump had the ability to just send alerts to everyone's phone at the same time. That one woke me up for a nap and it decided my vote in the next election. <laughs> and it's still there? Can, can it still be done? Oh, I turned it off. I blocked him. Okay, yeah. See, that? that's the key. Just block it. But you can't... So I can't portray an emergency alert system... No, I think you can. I ...on TV in a fictionalized manner without getting fined for... Relaying the emergency alert system sounds. It can't be real, right? Right. So, like your eon is fine because you've. Like but I mean, come even up- in the Jimmy Kimmel sketch, it's obviously a comedy sketch that has the What's emergency alert like? system in it. It must have been the real thing. What does the emergency alert system sound like? No. What does no, the Jimmy don't play Kimmel that. Don't one get sound us like? Fined. Yeah, you're gonna get us in trouble. He you can't played do that. They the were, real one. Yeah, they played. Yeah, the real they played one, the real one. That's why they got fined. But it was a comedy sketch. But, yeah, still, but you still can't play the real yeah. one. There's clear rules about it. Dumb, but there's rules. It's so exciting panic. How, and, okay, The Walking Dead is a better example. If there's a zombie apocalypse, there's going to be an emergency alert system message. Right. Should that happen? How do I portray a zombie apocalypse without including the emergency alert system? I don't know. I don't know that if there was a zombie apocalypse that they that? would trigger that, you guys. I don't know that they would. Yeah, I think that's for, like, thunderstorms. Yeah, I, I know I would, for sure. 
I don't know. There, you don't think it would trigger for a zombie apocalypse? No, I don't think it might. I think it might not. I think I think, I think we'd we just freak find out. out. On Twitter. I don't know if this is yeah. true or if this is one of those. Uh, no. tw- if this is one of those Twitter things that sort of catches some steam, but I I I understand that there is a government plan for a zombie apocalypse. There is. Yes, they have one. Who planned? Can this? I have some details? <laughs> and how much of my tax money it. went to this? <laughs> Too much. Probably. Are you serious? I'm pretty sure that there is an official. Okay. On the books, government plan. So you're telling for a me zombie apocalypse. So you're telling me that my hard earned drinking money, yes, yes, was siphoned to the government to take care of a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Quite possibly. I, like I said, I could be wrong. Right. What about an alien invasion? I'm sure that there is. I would. I would guarantee you that what there if, is government protocol for an alien what if, invasion. What if something goes wrong next month when everyone goes to Area 51 to see them aliens? <laughs> Are we prepared? See them aliens. Are they still doing that? I hope. Just think of the content. They told them to get. They told them not to. Well, well, no kidding. They told them not to. Think of the content that could come out of that. Some of the best memes of our lifetime have been alien stuff because of that. I want the people to, to storm Area Fifty One, but you can't publicize well, that yeah, you're storming Area Fifty One to look for top secret alien evidence. Like, you don't think they've moved it by now? Oh, all the aliens are in Area 55. You gave the government six months alert that a few hundreds of thousands of people allegedly are going to show up to look for the secret alien evidence. You don't think they're going to move it. That's why, Rami, me and you have to go to a different area. Their zombie defense plan is a 31-page document. Thank you. That That I just stumbled So this really did cost money. We have 89 minutes. Let's go. (laughs) Let's do this. Seriously, there's like 20 chapters in this. Tell Matthew Collar we don't need him We should definitely be playing the Robbie alert system throughout this. I don't even know where to start here. Just read the highlights. <laughs> I don't know. Is there it anything starts, bold? It starts off. Disclaimer. If it's in bold, read it. It starts off. Disclaimer. This plan was not actually designed as a joke. So it's real. Okay. <laughs> During the summers of 2009 and 2010, while training augmentees from a local training squadron about the JOPP, members of the... Wow, that's a really long acronym. I don't know what that is. Are you done with J-O-P-P? Yeah. Yeah, you know me. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) The government should have a plan for you. (laughs) They do. Yeah, they do. Does anyone care to tell me one of They tried not to let him have an apartment. (laughs) Remember, they tried to keep me out of Minnesota. Yeah, that's right. The government had a plan for me. That wasn't them. That was me, actually. They couldn't hold me down. I shouldn't say that, because they will if they want to. Oh, give it time. <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a test. That was part of the plan. It was a test. The look on Jonathan's face right now as he scrolls through this is absolutely priceless. There's a plan summary, and I'm trying to get to that, but it's not letting me for some reason. Give me one second. Classified. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Aliens I can see. Zombie apocalypse I can't see. What, you don't think that's possible? I well, What I'm do you think is more possible? Between the two, I think, I think the alien thing actually has See, a fighting chance. The zombie apocalypse, I'm not buying. I don't think that they necessarily mean zombies like the Walking Dead zombies. Oh, okay. I think they mean like some sort of mass... What other kind of zombies are there? Yeah, I was going to say. That's the only kind of zombie I'm familiar with. I think they mean some mass sort what? of... Uh, I don't know how to put this. Some sort You're of, not doing a good job. An <laughs> epidemic. Like some sort of epidemic that would like a disease? That would make people act violently. Like in mass. Like bath salts? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, welcome to America right now. That's all you need. <laughs> then we we're there. 
No, Florida is there. <laughs> okay, but I'm just saying there's enough of them. I'm, I'm not saying us here. I'm just saying this country is there then. I like, don't think they do mean need? like actual dead people walking Wait, the streets so looking this, for brains. Oh, okay. Was this plan contrived right after the bath salt outbreak in Florida? Because that would make sense. No, the it was contrived right around the time that The Walking Dead gained popularity, which scares me, because that means somebody in the government was watching oh. The Walking Dead, and they were like, guys, we need a plan. Does that really scare you, or does not surprise you? <laughs> kind of encouraged by it. I, I wouldn't surprise me one bit. Guys, this show, I don't know if you've seen it, but it is terrifying. I don't know if you know what's coming, but holy crap, we need a plan for this. Jonathan is still going through this. He's I was trying to download it, but it, it ha- wanted me to insert a credit card don't number. download like, it, they're watching happen. us. Wait, it's an unclassified document. It's a government, unclassified government document that wants a credit card number? Yeah. No, that's not real, dude. I was going to say, that that (laughs) sounds like a cable cable show at 7 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) Paid programming. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm reading a short description of it from history.com. It's the one who sent me to the link. That is legit. Yeah. The zombies themselves are classified into eight categories, ranging from your run-of-the-mill undead created through bacteria and pathogens in the air, mm-hmm. and evil magic zombies created by a mystic Excuse unknown me? source to vegetarian zombies who eat herbaceous foods to satiate their unending craving for grains. Yeah, that's legit. This is something our government... Yeah, this is Wasting something our government on. did. That's far stupider than I thought. I was giving them some credit. I'm like, no, they're not talking about actual zombies. Turns out they were, and they're talking about magic zombies. Again, again, our tax money is going towards what he just read, which I have no clue why we're worried about it. Of the, of the eight categories, only one is based in reality. The potential threat of chicken zombies originated with the 2006 incident in Petoma, California, when the unsuccessful euthanizing of poultry using carbon monoxide resulted in haunted hens crawling out of their piles of their slain <laughs> sisters. Oh my god! Okay, this is oh my god! This is ridiculous. This isn't real. Oh my god! Hold on. Google, this is why I'm, they want a credit card number. From I am you. now googling haunted hens. <laughs> this is a legit story. This actually happened. It's a great band. And don't worry, haunted Judd. hens. Yeah, that is a great metal band. They're a bunch Ladies of great gentlemen. Are... Please welcome the haunted hens. Oh. That is a really good band name. But, Judd, don't worry about it. There are much greater waste of our tax money going on right now, if that makes you feel any better. Thanks a lot. We'll talk with Matthew Collar about the Vikings and preseason game number two right after this on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Maybe Haunted Hens on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. It's Mackie here for TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. The TCL studios here at Score North are home to two 55-inch Roku TVs, that built-in Roku device, Gets you access to 5,000-plus streaming channels, 500,000 TV episodes and movies. There's a reason why cord cutters are all in on TCL TVs. It's the best combination of picture quality, of price, of entertainment options. You also get the TCL Alto Soundbar in the mix right now at any major local retailer. TCL Alto Soundbars provide precision playback for any TV as well as smartphones, tablets, and laptops. You pair the TCL TV with the built-in Roku device with the TCL Alto soundbar, and you've got a living room full of entertainment from every single possible angle. TCLUSA.com, or like I said, stop into any major local retailer and do some comparison shopping. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. 440 here at Score North. Time for another Score North download. This download is being used to remind you to check out Minnesota Sports Rewind. 
to where Score North goes back in time and dives deep into some of the most prominent moments in Minnesota sports history, including Twins and Tigers, Game 163, a look at the Twins and A's from the 2002 ALDS, another look at Kevin Love's 30-30 and 30 game, and Kevin Garnett's dominating Game 7 against Sacramento. Again, that's called Minnesota Sports Rewind. You can find it on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Without Mackie, with Danny today. And uh, joining us now to talk about preseason game number two for your Minnesota Vikings. You catch him every day, 2 to 4, Purple Daily, and read his work at scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app covering the Vikings. It is Matthew Collar. Matthew, how are you this afternoon, sir? Well, when you guys were talking about the uh, zombie apocalypse, I was thinking of the kicking competition. i got to <laughs> tell you that. Um, I'm, I'm doing great, but Dan Bailey is not. He had another rough day on the practice field today, and now I have no clue what's going to happen. How are, do do we know how they're going to divide up the workload for the kickers tomorrow, or when they're going to get their shots? Rami, they won't even tell us if Delvin Cook is playing tomorrow, which makes no difference. And I know this is a Zolgad thing uh, that he once debated with Mike Zimmer, uh, but they will definitely not be telling us how they're going to divvy up the kicking and the punting and the holding. Because imagine if they did, um, then it would be uh, you know uh, an apocalypse potentially if they did then the Seattle team would get way a huge of an advantage, and then uh, how would they even deal with not knowing who the punter or kicker will be? I don't know, Rami. Uh, I, I, I got the impression when they traded for Kerry Vedvik that he was going to be the punter and probably the holder, but now I think after some tough days with Dan Bailey out here that it's very possible that he's going to get some shots. I mean, he kicked um yesterday and made i think five out of his six kicks and he's got a huge leg so i think they're gonna let carrie vedvik do everything why matthew why are they doing this <laughs> they know where this is gonna lead they know how it's gonna end this whole kicking thing i mean we've we've joked at times but it, it's only joking because the end results in the past have been so sad why do they continue to torment themselves in a training camp that for the most part has been absolutely perfect So here's what I don't understand is why Dan Bailey came into this training camp uncontested in the first place. I mean, he had made 75% and got cut by the Dallas Cowboys last year. He comes here. He only makes 75%, which in today's game is pretty poor. Usually hope for somewhere between 85 or higher. Um, And so he's had some injuries in the past. He's a little on the older side. And you just say, okay, no, you're the guy. You're all set, and we don't need anybody else. I, I don't understand that. I mean, uh, even Kai Forbath, who was a reasonably good kicker, had competition of someone they needed to draft. So then they go back the exact opposite way and don't have anybody. And then when it doesn't go well, you bring in somebody who's competition for a kicker and a punter. That's what I don't understand. With Bailey, it's not like he had made 90% the last three years in a row or something and they, they didn't want to have anybody else in camp. There's a reason why Dallas replaced him, and uh, he didn't have a great year last year. So, yeah, it's definitely number one on my list of things to watch is just when Kerry Bedvik kicks, punts, or holds. He hasn't done any holding, so I'd imagine Chad Beebe's going to be the guy to do that. Do you think it's a realistic possibility that Bedvik's doing both in regular season games for this team? Um, I never doubt um, NFL teams' ability to believe too much in their own genius, right? Like, oh, we're, we're the, such a genius team that we will have the only guy in the league to kick and punt. I think it would be an incredibly dumb thing to do. Uh, I mean, you're talking about other guys here, Dan Bailey and Matt Weil, 
who spend their entire lives practicing one skill, and this guy's going to be better than them at both of them? I mean, is he like the LeBron James of kicking and punting or something, right? Or the uh, the Shohei Otani, I guess, right? He could do both. Um, I, I really doubt that. But I think it's basically now a competition between Bailey and Weil for whose job Vedvik is going to take. And uh, that certainly makes things kind of interesting, I guess. Talking with our Viking reporter Matthew Collar here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Based on the answer you gave me earlier about what you know about the kicking situation, I have a feeling what your answer will be to this, but we saw varied use of quarterbacks in week two of the preseason from no use at all to more use than you'd expect in, in preseason game number two in, in some of the games that were played last night, Matthew. Do we have any idea whatsoever how much we'll see Kirk Cousins in the first-team offense? If not, feel free to recklessly speculate. <laughs> well, uh, I can give you just the, the semi-informed answer. Of course, again, they're not going to tell me exactly, but the semi-informed answer would just be by having seen many a preseason in my life. And I would tell you that uh, I would expect more of Kirk Cousins than just one uh, series. Maybe you get two or three. Probably uh, That's probably it. Uh, I would be surprised if it was anything more than two or three. And then the third preseason game, we'll probably see him for the full half. My guess would be, based on the practice reps, that Sean Mannion will get all the second-team reps, and then you'll see either Sloter or Browning. I wouldn't be shocked to see Jake Browning go ahead of Kyle Sloter. I know that people love the guy because he's had good preseason performances, but if you look around, there are lots of fourth-string, third-string quarterbacks who have a good quarter here or there, and it's against the third string, and then in practice every day they don't perform at this type of level. The defenses are not only filled with bad players that they're going up against, but also they're not even trying to scheme. So it's about the easiest situation you could ever draw up um, for a quarterback, and, and that's pretty much why Kyle Sloter has had the, the amount of success that he's had. I mean, there was there's a guy for the Giants, Alex Tanney, who's probably been with like 10 teams at one point or another, who went crazy in the first preseason game and did really well. Nathan Peterman, there's a better example for you. People know him. Nathan Peterman has been <laughs> freaking fantastic for Oakland. Nothing short of terrific. Does anybody want Nathan Peterman starting? Um, so, yeah, that, I would guess that's the way it goes. And they've got to decide if they're going to keep Floater or Browning as their number three. Usually this team does, and I wouldn't be surprised if Browning gets a little more of a shot. Training camp is now officially done, right? Officially, yes. We will still have access to practices and, and be able to keep our eye on things that way, but no more fans out there, no more autographs, pictures, and all those sorts of things. So, uh, yeah, technically it's over, and it's just kind of been, Judd, a little bit weird at how quiet it's been when an obvious Laquan Treadwell rumor and a kicking competition are the only things we're really um, discussing hot and heavy, if you will. With the Lacron Treadrow rumor, do you think that he's on the field more or less on Sunday night during the game? I don't think it matters. I mean, I don't even see any reason to put him out there. Um, whether you're going to cut him or whether you're going to trade him or whatever, it's over. I mean, we're done with. If he had any chance to make the team, it ended when he did a illegal crackback block that he had done two previous times in regular season games and that Mike Zimmer had told him before the game or told his entire team, watch out for doing these blocks because they get people hurt and they're illegal, so don't do them. And then here Treadwell ends up doing it. Like, are you kidding me? 
um, but sort of par for the course for Laquan Treadwell of his coaches telling him to do stuff and him not doing it. <laughs> so uh, I see no reason with other receivers that have potential to continue to play Laquan Treadwell. It's possible that he gets a handful of snaps, but I don't know why he would. Um, I think somebody like Brandon Zilstra is a guy that I'd like to see get a lot of snaps because he's someone who could actually contribute. And uh, I, I think the, the they haven't decided yet who's going to fill out the rest of the roster. Chad Beebe is a lock. I think B.C. Johnson has a great chance right now. And beyond that, it's still very much up in the air. So why waste your time with Laquan Treadwell when you already know what you have? Tell me this, Collar, because I'm going to join you uh, to watch Sunday's game at U.S. Bank Stadium. Tell me that the Vikings have been schooled on penalties after last week's game. I just don't want to show up and see 15 flags thrown on one team. Um, you Tell know, me. Judd, based on recent history and watching other preseason games, uh, I would um, be prepared for many a oh. yellow hanky to hit the ground. Do you remember last year the game against, I think it was Jacksonville? Yes. That's the second preseason game. Yes. That there might have been 30 penalties in that game, and then there was a bunch of injuries, and we never left the stadium. I, I, I thought, thank God they have food, because otherwise I would have died here. Um, because that game took so long. So, yeah, I would expect that we're not only going to have penalties, but also challenges as well, because in almost every game there have been interference challenges. So, yay to that, I guess. I have a feeling that it's we started to see it last year with the uh, the un- unnecessary roughness penalties and helmet-to-helmet and stuff that they were calling. I think it's going to be a trend in preseason NFL football that they're going to try and overcorrect in the preseason yep. to have these guys on their toes and then sort of loosen things up once the regular season starts. Yeah, I think that they not only are calling everything, but they are, and I haven't heard this exactly, but I think I wouldn't be surprised if the coaches are encouraged to try to challenge any interference that happens because the referees need their practice. The NFL wants to be able to see um, just how this is how this is working, and be able to send their referees videos and say, okay, well, this is what worked, this is what didn't work, this is you know, this is what we want to see, this is what we don't want to see, and so to have some sort of training tape is not something to overreact to. It's only something to be um, really bored and frustrated by when you're trying to watch, I don't know, Tito Adenabo in the third team. Did you see that nonsense with Kyler Murray and the clap snaps last night and getting the false start penalties? I think he got three or four false start penalties on clap snaps. Well, that's on him. I mean, that that rule's been there. I don't know. I mean, this is is this going to be Cliff Kingsbury's uh, way of doing things where he doesn't know the freaking rules? Because like, that, <laughs> yes. I mean, that, that, to me, to me, that's ridiculous. I don't know what you're arguing for. This is this is a rule that has been there for I don't know how long. As a quarterback, you can't fake snap. I mean, that's, that's obvious, right? Like the offensive lineman can't fake block either to help you jump offside. Um, they encourage the, um, movements, even when they're doing the leg thing to snap the ball to have to be like deliberate. They can't be quick. They have to be kind of slow. So they're, you're not trying to use a, an unfair advantage. And this to me was like, guys, I mean, you can't just break the rules blatantly unless you're the, Seattle Seahawks defensive backs from like five but years I've, ago, but that's a different conversation. I've seen I've seen that done before. What was he doing that was that was against the rules versus a a legal clap snap? So you can't move your arms and hands like violently or quickly to oh, so try and get. It's got to be very deliberate. Outside. Yes, it has to be very deliberate and obvious because otherwise, then all the quarterbacks would just do it all the time, and and you just be getting a, a ton of penalties of people jumping offside constantly, and it would be horrendous. So, 
it seems to me like Cliff Kingsbury didn't check that part of the rule book in the NFL, and that was the problem. Week one, boys, I can't wait. Patricia Kingsbury. This could be great. Yeah, this could be Detroit, Arizona, I believe, is week one. It could be absolutely great fun because I think both those teams could be chaos at some point. Yeah, I kind of, uh, with with Hard Knocks being disappointing with Oakland, I kind of wish that it would gone to one of those teams and it could have fouled around Patricia being a jerk to everyone on his ATV (laughs) or uh, Cliff Kingsbury having no idea what to do in the NFL and just be really, really ridiculously good looking. So, um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. But also it's a good one because Patricia does have a legit defensive mind and is, is really bright from that aspect, just not, maybe not a leader. And Cliff Kingsbury, um, I, I also think on his part that he knows a ton about offensive football and has gotten a lot out of his quarterbacks. It's just he hasn't done a whole lot of winning, so can he actually do that? Those are two fascinating teams. You brought up the ATV for Patricia, and that's something that's infinitely interesting and fun to me, even though he's not a fun coach and no one really likes him. If you were coaching, what would you drive around at the practice field on, Matthew? Oh, uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I have never tried to ride on one of those scooters that people leave all over the sidewalks. Um, oh, those but are fun. Every time, I walk, everyone, every time I walk by one, I do think, like, here, the reason that I can't ride this is because I would just go wee the whole time. So, <laughs> like the pig? That would be a problem. Like, like the pig on the Geico commercial? <laughs> yes, exactly. All the way it home. Might be, it might be hard to coach. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe I would just, um, if I had the money, like one of these head coaches, buy a very expensive car and just park it on the sideline and sit so everyone had to come to my wind, you know, like my window and ask me questions. Maybe I would do that. Roll your window down. Yes. Roll my window down. Yep. A question he doesn't like, it rolls right <laughs> rolls back, back up. up. <laughs> can't That's his way it. of saying no comment. Matthew, one more Vikings question for you before we let you go. I was reading your piece at uh, scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app because it's your free one-stop shop for all written content from scorenorth.com along with all our audio content. Uh, Vikings are pushing Kirk Cousins to run more often. Uh, why? Because uh, he should. Um, last year, he was the worst running quarterback in the NFL, and he hasn't always been. And there's no physical reason for him not to be able to run and escape the pocket successfully. And a lot of times on third downs last year, other teams would give them looks where they would play man and they would double team Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. And there were running lanes for him to get first downs on third and seven, third and ten, something like that. And he just didn't take them. And in the past, he has been better about it. In 2017, he was, PFF had him as their 13th best running quarterback, and he had something like 180 yards. Well, last year, he didn't do a whole lot of it uh, with any sort of success. And I think it goes to more of just, they're trying to encourage Kirk Cousins to just think about being more mobile within the pocket, outside of the pocket, and take advantage where he can. Because I looked this up, I think he only got six first downs running last year when it wasn't a QB sneak, I mean, that's just that's just not enough. I mean, in today's game where almost every uh, quarterback in the league or maybe 20 out of 32 can get first downs with their legs, um, I, I think that Kirk Cousins should be doing that too. It's, it's not like he can't run or isn't a decent athlete. He's good enough. I mean, he's not going to be Cam Newton and truck a linebacker, but can you take 10 yards of space? If him and Case Keenum ran next to each other, they're probably the same speed, yet Keenum really had a, a good knack for this, for, for just seeing when he had space on a third down or something and, and taking advantage. So um, I think that he is 
that's one of those things where I don't believe Kirk will be much different overall, but this is where he actually could be different because he has been better at it in the past. That's Matthew Collar. Catch him every weekday, 2 to 4, talking Vikings on Purple Daily and read his work at scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Appreciate it, Matthew. Thank you, fellas. Bye. There's Matthew Collar. Isn't that fun talking football with Matthew Collar? The kicking thing. The best. The kicking thing's going to drive me crazy. So weird. Well, it's unnecessary, though. But it's fun, though. This is right up your alley. Oh, yeah. No, it's fun, but I can tell you how to fix your problem. You're an agent of chaos. You love chaos, even if it means it's bad for your teams. Okay, but here's where I'm torn. Because it's entertainment. But you're not wrong. But here's where I'm torn. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy being an agent of chaos, but sports stupidity bothers me. So like I'm I'm very much stuck in between those two things and and they're each pulling at me. Like I like the chaos, but this is stupid. What they're doing is stupid. Getting the kicker's not, but if that's your kicker or punter, that's fine. Here's the problem. Matt Weil, the other punter is still there. Dan Bailey is still there. And meanwhile, you've got this kid with a big leg with an undefined role that they won't tell you, which which halfway means that they're split and don't know what to do. He's making the team in some way, shape, or form. You don't sure trade a fifth-round pick for him not to make the team, but right? But you also don't, but you also, what they're doing now basically is taking two specialists and tormenting them, and they're taking a kid and, and making him as uncomfortable as possible, basically on purpose. Why would you do that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a good what, answer. No, for but you. I mean, what's the good? What what's the common sense here? There what's isn't. The, what's there the isn't plan? There's none. And I you think... and you also had a long snapper competition at one point, which also is stupid because that's all about the continuity. You pick a long snapper and you go with that guy and you get him as many reps as possible with things like the holder. I think they're thinking he's going to be in the long term the kicker and the punter. I think that's their thinking, but that's probably too much to put on him right away. So he's brought in here to take one of those jobs. Yeah. Whichever one he no, wins, you might be right. yeah. and, and then in the future, he'll have both of those Here's jobs. Here's my question is, how do you equate who's better between a kicker and a punter? Like, how to equate which one of them loses their jobs? Because it has to be one of them. Well, you're, not, you're not he, cutting the new it's guy. It's who he outperforms more. The you, punter you or the kicker? I think so. I think they want the punter to lose his job, but I think they hate kickers, and so they're tormenting them all. <laughs> it's a very weird... It, it's strange. Mike Zimmer, I do believe, is a good football coach. I believe his his issues with specialists run very deep. And offensive players. I think he just likes defense. Oh, yeah, no. No, I think he doesn't like QBs, but Kubiak will be fine now. Like, I think the Kubiak thing's a great idea. Sure. What I'm saying is the... I think think every night he goes to bed and his head hits the pillow and he thinks this little skinny guy could decide games. It makes him want to throw up. I'm serious. You're accurate. A guy That's with a leg. A guy. I mean, these guys. Mike does what? Schemes defense, right? To stop all of these world class offensive players, and then he knows at the end, the end of a game, his his job could be decided by some guy who trots on the field and addresses the football with his foot. Mm-hmm. Some of our write down write that down predictions may might make you want to throw up. Oh, great! Coming up right after yeah. this. That's nothing new. We will check what we've written down in the past, write new things down. It's write that down. We do it every Friday. Mackie and Judd with Rami right after this. 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Hey, everyone. It's Phil Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you right now. I've been a business owner in my life a couple different times, actually. And so I can relate to what you go through on a daily, on an hourly, on a monthly, annual basis. That roller coaster ride and that never-ending sea of problems over here but also the exhilaration of those incremental wins over there. You get the whole spectrum when you're a business owner. 
And so if you're in this group, I recommend getting to know Federated Insurance, which has over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local marketing representative. You won't regret it. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours.